episode of Rotillo on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Frankfurt on Main, Germany. And I'm Balash Renzi, coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany. How are you, Balash? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, good. We're supposed to be together this week, or actually for this recording, but that didn't happen. No. Or it, it hasn't happened yet, let's just put it this way. No, you and I were supposed to go up to uh, Fortello headquarters and... Yes. We'll see if we have a um, a redo here coming up, and uh, maybe we'll get to – maybe we can record in the car. What do you think? You know what? For, believe it or not, I just thought about the same thing because I thought we should record one there, but then I was like, nah, we won't have enough time. But what if we record one in the car? But I was like, nah, that's a stupid idea. I just thought about that. But it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, it's like – could be the first well, – maybe not the first one, but – Cars and coffee, right? That's no, no, but have you? Is but they they don't record that in the car. They record it at the at the coffee store, at the coffee coffee place. Like, a, ah, it's true. They just ride together and like, yeah. You know. But what? I, but now, as I told you, I I managed to sort out the the microphone problem, so we could technically do it in the car. I can I can uh, hook the things up to the laptop, throw it in the back seat, and record one in the car. Hmm. At least we could try. I mean. We're gonna, you know, try like it if it's not good. We could do, we could do like a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah, that's we. Yes, I say we could put the twelve volt in and then just live stream it through the <laughs> autobahn, which is probably pretty boring, I guess, from uh, from Frankfurt on. Yeah, but can... but um, yeah. Well, I'll have my gear with me. Let's just say that, I'll, that we can try. Um, yeah, you know what? You don't need anything because I'm just thinking you don't need internet because you're recording it to the to the laptop. So we could definitely do it, and the car is not not loud. So yeah, we could do one. Yeah, I like the Double idea. Double up this week. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So today, listeners. We're going to hit a number of topics, and I don't know what would, what would we call this episode. It's almost like a mail call, right? Like we're, yeah. we're just uh, answering a number of questions, and we always ask if uh, there's anything that that people want to hear about. And we actually have gotten quite a few emails and comments over the last month or so, and we'll try to address some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, we'll we'll kick off with. Before we do the hand links controller, we wanted to t- we wanted to mention a couple things on the uh, on the television. So yeah, you want to you want to mention one for? I think we've each got a couple, right? I have like well, I have like uh, three, but technically two. Okay. So just we're talking about TV shows, right? And I don't know. I I, I to be honest, I should read more. I have to say, this is <laughs> public service announcement. I have so many cool books on the on the kindle as well as you know stuff that i got for christmas but for whatever reason i have these these this i don't know up and down periods when i'm just like watching something for like a month or or things you know and then i stop and then i just read for like a month but i should be more you know yeah conscious about reading but anyways i um for the longest time i don't know how how you deal with like um, play or watch lists or, or wish lists. I don't know how it's called on Netflix, but I always add stuff on it and then I, I never watch those things. Sometimes I do, but but not too often. And there was this TV show. I don't know if you've you've seen it or you guys have watched it. It's called Marcella. 
Mm, no. And so it's like a, it's like a, I think it started in 2016. It's a British, and I like British crime, you know, TV shows. And um, I put it on my Netflix, let's call it watch list. I'm not sure what's it called. Like probably over a year ago, if not longer. Hmm. And I never managed to watch it. And then sometimes, you know, I, I forget what it is and I check it on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. And it was like 7.4 on IMDb. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not too bad. Let's just give it a try. And it's like three seasons. And I watched the first, and I, I guess I'm late to the party because I said the first season came out in 2016. But um, I watched the first two seasons and started the third one. And I have to say the third one is is very, very different than the previous two. But the first two seasons are are actually quite cool, and it's like a well, I don't want to tell you too much. I it's not too um, aggressive. There's definitely some some violence in it because it's a detective or like a crime crime uh, uh, show. But it's uh, I I pretty much um, binged watched the whole. St- yeah, I did the first two seasons in like three days, and I, I quite enjoyed it. So that's hmm. my uh, that's my number one. It's like a. It says on its IMDb page, and yeah, it started in 2016, right? Marchana Backland left the Metropolitan Police for the sake of her family, only to have her husband leave her. She returns to her job on the murder squad, investigating a case that seems disturbingly familiar to her. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Don't know it. And and like you, we are also big fans of British series. Right, right. So let me ask you a question. Have you watched not maybe the original you have or, or maybe the remake of Battlestar Galactica? Oh, remember that from way back, in, back when? Yeah, but the, the original one from the seventies, right? Yep. And so they did a remake, like I don't know, ten nah, more than ten years ago. Yep. It was crazy long, like ten seasons or whatever. And uh, Edward James Olmos and all these guys. And there's a guy in it, Jamie Bamber, the British actor. I think it was a Canadian show. Jamie Bamber, who was in Battlestar Galactica, like a young fighter pilot, you know, heartthrob kind of guy. And he's also in this show. But I have to say, other than that, uh, I, I I did not know any of the actors. They're, they're <laughs> probably TV, British TV actors. Sometimes those are the best, you know. Yeah, no, they're abs- absolutely, absolutely. So it's um, so that's my that's my first pick. Uh, you should you should add it to your Netflix list. Uh, what's yours? So uh, last night, <clears throat> well, I was I was in the U.S. You know, over Christmas, and hmm. I uh, downloaded. Well, I was using the HBO Max app over there, and I downloaded a few things just to have on my iPad and just watch back here. And I think you get like 30 odd days before they expire. So um, (laughs) I downloaded the latest uh, series of Pennyworth, which is a DC universe uh, spinoff about the, the Butler from Batman. And Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, the first two episodes I think were on stars over here and you could watch that through Amazon prime and HBO picked the series up for the third, so I'm not sure if we can even get it over here. But uh, that's not the show that I wanted to talk about, only to say that me being a uh, a dummy when it comes to technology sometimes, I started an episode and didn't realize that when you start one, you have 48 hours to finish it. And there I was jet lagged after returning home and I click on the iPad and the episode had expired. So oh. all the rest of the season was a waste. So I, I 
Ah, uh, because you cannot watch it from Germany, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Shoot. I couldn't connect to that one. But one one thing I did download, and I had seen the uh, previews and, and really just kind of read about um, it, it being a highly nominated film for Golden Globes and probably for the Oscars, is the Banshees of Inisharan. And I don't know if you've heard of this film. Um funny because i think that's number two on my list is it really <laughs> i mean is tell me because I, the the thing is i came across a couple of banshees but the one that i that i put on my list that i'm watching right now is a is a tv show from 2013 no three season okay that's another one yeah so the, the film stars colin farrell and brendan gleason uh who are famously together in in bruges yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember we talked about this, yeah, privately, I think. Yeah, so it is not a sequel. Um, it is set on a coastal island. Well, it's Ireland, but it's like a island just right off the mainland. And it's in like 1923, so you have the Irish Civil War kind of in the background of the, the story, but, but barely. And uh, the, the thing I'll give away is that it's – and it's not giving it away because it's in the plot summary. Uh, but the two are best friends. And from the very beginning of the um, uh, movie, Brendan Gleeson stops talking to uh, Colin Farrell. And mm. w- without much reason, uh, you find more uh, along the way. But it's kind of like this really desolate island. And you can tell there the, the only thing that goes on there to d- – is working and having a beer at the end of the day. And the fact that um, this guy's best friend will no longer talk to him obviously is pretty traumatic. So it's listed as like a dark tragic comedy and it certainly has its moments. I will tell you it is not the most uplifting movie, but if you're um, every so often uh, for whatever reason, uh, that kind of movie is, Interesting to watch, and it's really well acted. I would say both of them do a fantastic job, along with the other actors too. So, if you're sometimes, I really try to be deliberate on watching all the the movies that get nominated for Best Picture, and I think this one will fall into that. So, it was good. It was good. It just wasn't the most uplifting movie. Yeah, I, I read about, I heard about this movie and read about this, and um, I sometimes watch the um, the Hollywood Reporter uh, mm-hmm. videos on YouTube. And there's a, you know, I don't know if you've seen this that they they do these very cool um, roundtable talks when they invite a couple of directors or a couple of um, 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 actors or whatever. And and just I mean, maybe a week or so ago, I I came across this roundtable with. Uh, the the ma- the the male leads of the probably the movie I mean I think it was around the Golden Globes that mm-hmm. that were nominated so they had like uh, Austin Butler from Elvis they had Brendan Fraser from The Whale um, they had um, uh, Adam Sandler from Hustle um, mm-hmm. and the uh, and they also had Colin Farrell from from this movie so okay. they talk about the process and you know whatever the topic is. And I think there's also like a photo shoot, like a print magazine and things like that. So I, I watched, it's like an hour long. I can, I can send you the link or we can put it in the show notes. It's a pretty cool, um, yeah, like a, like a round table talk. And, and he talks about his approach and 
uh, all that movie as how the movie came about and and how he approached his character and things like that. So I'm I read about it, I heard about it, but I haven't seen the movie yet. So I guess I have to watch it. Yeah, well, I like Colin Farrell. I really do. I think he's, yeah, he's a really great. good actor and sort of funny side story. Um, friend of friend of ours. Uh, I don't I don't think it was the friend, but I think it was like a somebody they worked with. Uh, and, and they're Irish and they, uh, the, the friend was, is, is related to Colin Farrell. Okay. And, um, he was, I don't know, going out like on a Friday night for his birthday or something. And, um, uh, was, you know, talking to his cousin and, and this wasn't that long ago, call it in the last 20 years since he was famous. Right. And, mm-hmm. The Irish uh, celebrities are are known for being pretty present in the community, typically. But he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I'll come out with you," and um, he's like, "All right, well, it's going to be a bunch of professionals and all that, you know, kind of boring." And he's like, "Oh no," and apparently, just a great time, just <laughs> just a normal guy, you know, just well, just really a a good guy. I, I don't really know a lot of Irish people, but the ones I know, they're they're pretty pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's again, you know, famous or not. I mean, I have some crazy Irish stories. I'll tell you in the car well, uh, on Thursday. But yeah, I can imagine that he's the he's like a like pretty a salt guy. of the earth, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, now I have to watch next? it. Yeah, I also have a Banshee, but that's not the same one. So, I, funnily enough, that's, it's, a, it's another TV show, but it's even older than the previous one. It's 2013, 2016, and it's just called Banshee. And it's like a 8.4 on IMDb again, so it's pretty high. It's like a crime, like an ex-con who basically gets released from prison, and then something happens, and then he becomes the sheriff of a small town called Banshee uh, <laughs> in Pennsylvania, like not too far from Philly. So I think it's a, a real place, right? And um, and then, of course, you know, his his past eventually, you know, catches up with him and blah, blah, blah. And it's a bit more uh, more violent than the, than, than the previous one, uh, Marcello was. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, I think it's, three or four seasons i'm I'm not sure it's i love to watch tv shows that are finished you know because then you can you know that you're gonna get to the end i hate to wait and wait and then next week and next month and next year but and this one is done I, i i'm with you and i think the other reason i don't like it is because i just like forget that i watched the first season when these things come out I'll be like did oh, we yeah. watch that one like yeah especially with covid you know you had like two year or three year gaps sometimes yeah, exactly. And then you're like, who is this guy? And what, what happened? Oh, yeah, he was the, oh, yeah, okay. But then, and then you need like two, three episodes. And then if it's like six episodes, by the time you get to like almost yeah, halfway like, through it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> bye. Next season in a year or two years. Right. So Banshee nice. is, uh, is also a pretty cool one. And I just want to mention um, Sharp Objects, which is, a, which is a, a relatively new one. I just watched the first episode. It's uh, um, um, Amy Adams. Uh, she's the lead. And, um, um, it's, yeah, I watched like the first two, two episodes. I think it's, it's like only, it's like a mini series, like only eight episodes. Um, it's very different than the previous two that I've just mentioned. Um, but it's, I think it's, uh, it's promising. I haven't seen the whole thing so far. As I said, it could, it could end up being really really bad but but after the first two episodes and after what i've read online and stuff i tried to not read a lot right because you don't want any spoilers um it's pretty pump, uh, promising so sharp objects okay it's on hbo as well 
So okay. check it out. I'll uh, I'll mention one last thing, and I think it's mm. very popular. But yeah, so Slow Horses um, on Apple, r- really a good series with Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's he's. Have uh, you he's, watched any? No, I I just saw the. I I think I put it on my list again. But I'm like a like a um, on IMDb. There's also like a list that you can put stuff like save stuff there. And I think I've I've somebody recommended it, so I I saved it. And I saw some pictures. He's really. Uh, Gary Oldman really uh, gained some weight for the for this part, right? Yeah, and he looks, he looks really really grungy. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw it. I haven't I haven't watched it, but man, you see, that's the problem. There's way too many shows, and I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read my books. Yeah, well, I I find so I'm I'm reading a book right now, um, The Guns of August, about the lead in to World War One, and hmm. it's pretty fascinating. I mean, it goes goes through the 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 relationships or lack thereof of all of these relatives of Catherine the Great, right? And mm-hmm. um so it's it's really interesting and you learn a lot about the history of well, Europe was really a mess um well oh, yeah. before. <laughs> and yeah. it was a very uneasy detente that uh pretty much ended when the the, the English king died. And in any case, um, I find though Balash sometimes just after sitting behind a t- uh, computer all day, I don't want to look at a screen, um, which doesn't make sense for watching TV, but it's less focus, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you, and uh, the problem is that I I I look at my screens the whole day, and then I come home and I keep on looking other screens, and that's just stupid. So, but. Um, I was listening to the guys on Spirit of Time, and they were um, – who was it? Was it uh, Greg mentioning he checked out an audio book at his local library? And mm. have you ever done an audio book? No, because you know what? I thought about – so if I listen to an audio book, is it like reading a book? Or is it – it's not really, right? Because you don't read it. You don't read it the way you're supposed to read it. But it's still reading because you don't see the stuff. You just You just hear it. But I've never, for whatever reason, I, I, I've just never managed to. But that's the thing I loved about the podcasts you used to send me. You know those those true crime podcasts because mm-hmm. they were kind of like an audio book, right? Yeah. You would you would hear the people, and sometimes it's just one person, like a, a narrator or something. But I've never the the classic uh, audio book. I've never done. No. I think I'm gonna have to try one. I know there are those services like Audible, and yeah. you can probably try one. You know, like a free trial. Uh, I think, I think I would end up liking it a lot. But I, yeah, I, I don't want to say it feels like kind of um, giving up. <laughs> but, but then again, if you're in the car a lot, or if if you're commuting or traveling a lot, it's kind of a, not a bad thing, I, not, I guess. Yeah, totally. I I do this with podcasts. I save and Spotify like. You know, I have the notifications for my, I don't know, three, four podcasts that I listen, five, and I just save them, save them, save them. And then when I'm at home and I'm doing something just around the, you know, the house or whatever, then I, I listen to them or what I'm commuting or what I'm traveling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of the same thing, right? It's, uh, yeah. So shall we get to watches? Yes, please. All right. Who's up this time on the Hangalanks? Last time. It was at your place. Did I start or did you start? I'll let you start. 
I think I, uh, because you were my guest, I think I let you go first. Yeah. So there you go. You, you start. Right. So I'm actually wearing one of the watches you brought me. And oh, nice. yeah, it's the Seiko SUS 4S15. And mm. this watch is from 1996. And Seiko Files or Seiko Nerds will know it. It is uh, a pretty. A pretty desirable collectible piece that really announced or, or was Seiko trying to appeal to young, uh, younger, call it, uh, I guess, hip folks who they were trying to get interested in mechanical watches. And so think of it as a little bit of a rebirth type watch for Seiko. And funny enough, right? They, they, kind of brought quartz out and destroyed the <laughs> industry. Yeah. And then they decided, oh, just kidding. Like, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this watch, um, yeah, was not made for very long in, in Japan and or for the Japanese market. And uh, under this SUS line, which I can't recall what it means right now, but it is um, – they made a number of different watches. And quite honestly, a lot of them were very – of the nineties, they're kind of weird and, and funky looking, but this is probably the most collectible of all the, the, what they call the military. And it kind of looks a bit like an IWC Mark 12. Um, mm-hmm. so or like that, a Timex. Y- yeah. Could also, or an Hamilton. Like yeah. yeah. By the way, it means simple and strong. Oh, S-U-S. I wonder what the U is simple and strong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just did a quick Google and it said simple and strong. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, we have to name it, yeah, with the simple and strong. <laughs> no, probably probably not. So, yeah, this one I think came in, um, at least it came in this, it's almost like an anthracite dial that looks black in all the pictures I'd ever seen, and then a silver dial. And it's a it's kind of a cool watch. On the other hand, it's 35 millimeters. And while we were talking about the Rolex precision at 34, that feels a lot like a 36 millimeter Rolex case. This 35, I would say feels a heck of a lot more like a 34 millimeter watch. <laughs> um, and the reason for it is having, it's got a thick bezel, um, these chunky lugs with an 18 millimeter strap. So it doesn't wear big, but it's a pretty fascinating watch. Um, it's still neat though. I'm glad I got it. Um, they sell for a lot of money. They sell for, you know, roughly, uh, 80 to 90,000 Japanese yen, which depending on the, you know, the currency is anywhere from 600 bucks up to call it eight or $900. And I'd always wanted one. Um, I have it. I think it's really neat. Uh, but I would tell people who are really thinking about it, it's more of owning a piece of Seiko's history than it might be a really super wearable watch for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was surprised. That's the one in the, that came in the box, right? Yep. Because I was surprised when when it came and I, and I opened it and I'm like, wow, they just put this just put it in a random box and then I realized no oh whoa no no this is the box like that's the actual full full package like the full set box and papers it was a mm-hmm. pretty it looks like a like a CD box or something it's yeah like, it's probably also part of the the charm Burn. the young yeah. young people charm like 
put it between your CD cases or whatever between your CDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool anyhow, th- that's on my wrist. A little bit different. How about you? Yeah. Well, speaking of a little bit different, I'm wearing uh, a watch that I did not plan on buying. <laughs> this is not every story starts like that, right? Um, You're wearing a. Um, oh, is it a? Um, let's see. What can I think of here? Oh, it's a Hublot, isn't it? Yeah. My second one. <laughs> the Big Bang. Uh, I can proudly say that I haven't had too many blows on my wrist. Um, Hey, if you like the brand, go for it. It's just not for me. Fair enough. No, uh, I have a reference. One, seven, zero, one, three. 17013. From the top of your head. Well, you you can guess the brand if, if the reference starts with a one. Is it a Rolex? Yes. It's a Rolex Oyster Quartz. Whoa. You know, I thought I saw you showing up in a random story yeah. the other day. Yes. That's the one. A Rolex Oyster Quartz 17013, which um, according to my research and according to uh, the Rolex Oyster Quartz Bible, a.k.a. the internet, Mm. is um, (laughs) a second reference um, uh, that came out around uh, late 70s. So this one is already the 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 day just series and the, i think the earliest ones didn't have day just uh, on the dial right right correct correct so this one says rolex oyster quartz day just and it's already the chronometer certified movement which again i haven't opened it but uh, as far as i know those are the ones that are probably from 79 so the serial number puts it around 78 so it, 78 79 ish right so it's it 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 fits the description and um a colleague, a friend. So I have a colleague and he has a friend or somebody he knows and he wanted to sell it. And the the watch was not running and he had the battery changed and the watch started running. And uh, and he, it, he said, I, I don't really you know care about this stuff. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, of course I am interested. It's an oyster <laughs> quartz. It's fun. Uh, it's two-tone. So if you, if you search for 17 or 13, you see that that's like a, a steel case. With the the gold uh, bezel, it, it's very similar to my two tone Datejust, so it's a it's a fun addition to that. Um, and when I posted it on that day, uh, a Fratello video was posted, and RJ, uh, you know, narrated this video about a, about the history of the oyster quartz. So it was just a coincidence that. That video came. I didn't even know about the video. The video came out, and then I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, because I saw it in combination with him. Yeah, yeah. So I have it on my wrist. It, it's 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 just a, a total accident that the, the the video came out the same day. And um, yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll maybe I'll bring it later this week so you can check it out. So first off, congratulations. Second off, holding out on me here, and um, that's pretty exciting. Is the how's the case? So this was this is one of those watches where the, the the original owner bought the watch 
I'm guessing the late 70s or early 80s, mm-hmm. and I bought it from the original owner mm-hmm. or, well, the friend. So the case is, I would say, pretty sharp. I see the bevels on the side of the of the case. So I, I think this. a lot of people said that the, the Tissot PRX is obviously based on the Oyster Quartz. Well, it's not really because that was a Tissot, I think a C-Star back in the day, but obviously the, the case shape is is or was something that you often saw back then, right? So um, it's it's um, the edges are are not super sharp originally. So, but I see the bevel, so I, I think it probably has never really been um, polished. Or, or if I look at the it's clasp, the, the, yeah, it's it's just been worn. Um, the clasp is super long, so I'm I'm the That's... micro adjuster is on the fourth hole, so I have like almost two links too long. So the collapse is the uh, collapse is amazing. It's so still sharp. The crown. We didn't talk about it, but uh, when I visited Mr. Wind, he had that uh, stainless version with a silver dial. Mm-hmm. And polish, if it were not for my fear of not being able to service that watch very easily, mm-hmm. uh, I. It was stunning on the wrist. It was so nice. And the case from the side is something that I'd never really seen, but it's it's super cool. I mean, the profile of the case is just amazing. Yeah, I think um I'm I'm totally with you on the on the quartz part, but I think that's what I read, and that could be obviously misleading, but somebody said that it's it's actually a very reliable quartz oh, yeah. movement. I'm sure it is, um, yeah. Uh, what that means in in Rolex quartz uh, service world, I don't know, but that's what they said. But um, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shoot some pictures over to you. But yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a fun watch. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, I'm not sure if I felt if I hold on to it um, or not. But but for the time being, I think it's a it's a fun piece. But as it was an un as I said an unplanned purchase. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe the Ming needs to, uh, you know, wait. I don't know. It, it's a fun, it's a fun watch, and it's uh, it's as I said, it's cool uh, to compare it to the Datejust, to the two tone Datejust, because they're like roughly the same era, same kind of looks, but very oh, yeah. different. It's a it's a very cool piece for sure. Yeah, it looks like it's in really great shape, and that's uh, really neat. I I think. <sighs> Yeah, I, I'm. I've looked at the automatic versions with this case, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're of course very expensive. But they really, you know, whether it's the automatic or the uh, the quartz, they wear really well, don't they? Yeah, no, totally. And and well, I mean, these ones are not. They're cheaper than a Datejust, right? Like you, your your usual Datejust, but they're not cheap, cheap. No, um, the oyster not quartz. Anymore. No, not anymore. I mean, it probably used to be like a thousand euro watch, or maybe a bit more. Um, and I, I, I'm with you. Like the sil- the the steel one with the silver dial is just really a, a beautiful piece. But um, I guess that's the yeah. This is the the least loved version, the two tone. But but I also think that that's what people used to buy back then. So you probably have more of these than than. Um, the steel ones and man, I'm gonna have to wear my watchman's cap and like um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go go out and get some 
salvage denim, polish my Cordovan boots, and uh, wear like I don't know. I got to think about the uh, the shirt because you're going to be so hip with oh, this thing. Oh, I I already know what I'm. I'm going to wear my Japanese savage denim, my sawtooth uh, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Stan Smith and this one. Um, yeah, actually, I, I, I just uh, looked it up quickly. I, I think um, that so there was the, the Oyster Quartz uh, and then there was the Oyster Quartz Datejust. And this is, I think the first one was the 17000 Oyster Quartz Datejust. And then it was the 17013, which is still the case with the yellow gold crown, yellow gold fluted bezel, two-tone integrated Jubilee uh, bracelet. And that's the one that I have. And then it was the 17014 and then the 19, blah, blah, blah. Crazy thing is, did you know that? I mean, I'm sure you did. They started to produce it in like the 19, like 77, I think. Mm. And they went on until like early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Oyster Quartz was. Yeah. I thought it was like a totally 70s, 80s watch. And oh, no. Still no. right in the 2000s. No, the. Um... And I don't think they were selling a whole lot of these suckers by the end. So apparently they said there's less than 25,000 ever made, which, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm really no hmm. Rolex expert, but yeah, it's not, not, not a lot. So I remember my uncle had a, had the day date, uh, oyster quartz. Mm-hmm. And when my uncle passed away, um, my aunt asked my dad what she should do with it. And he had a, like a couple other watches that were, you know, that he wore frequently that were keepsakes, but my dad was like, get rid of it. It's quartz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, but, but you know, this was 20 something years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I think that uh, I was talking to Eric and I, I thought the day dates actually were known for being a bit more problematic. So yeah. I don't know, but it was a, I mean, it was a big hunk of gold. I do remember that. So yeah, and those look like really sexy. The 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 day dates, the gold day dates, and some had like diamond bezels or something. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty. They're still cool. still a good deal, I think, out there. Like compared to the compared to the automatic versions. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, as I said, this is it's a it's a fun watch. I'll I'll, I'll bring it. I'll show it to you, and and for the time being, and uh, it's uh yeah it's something you it's like the albatross omega you know with the two dials mm-hmm. like something you don't really see everybody knows everybody who you know when you know rolex you know about these models but it, it's very rarely then that you see one i mean i've never seen one in a in a at a gtg or something like mm. never but yeah i don't think i'm trying to think in florida probably growing up i probably ran across them but yeah you rarely see them now. well you you know who probably has like five in his collection mm-hmm. dusty old watches g2 oh yeah probably so <laughs> with <laughs> stickers and everything oh yeah <laughs> they bought for like 25 yeah. gildens back in the 80s and whatever Could it was shave, shave using the case it's that sharp yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> right oh yeah <laughs> so yeah Topics for today. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah, just um, um, so I, I think the um, the well, let's let's start with your email, and then if if then we jump onto my email, and then maybe we we f- finish with another topic if we can. Um, so well, maybe you should 
actually started because this is an email that you received and you uh, forwarded it to me. Yeah. So just um, uh, let's see, what day was this? This was uh, in the last day or so. Yeah, um, it was a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah, actually, it was on Sunday. Sunday. So yeah. we'll just say John because that yeah. is his first name. Sent a note, and he was um, he was uh, he, he's a native Floridian. Lives out uh, in the Midwest, let's say, or somewhere up in the mountains, and was traveling in Florida recently, and came across some Fratello cigars which was pretty cool. He sent a great picture and also just uh, made some comments about the show, which were positive. So thank you, John. Yeah. And thanks for, thanks for letting us know and thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, any, any, uh, any feedback like that showing pictures of Fratello cigars, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So. It, it would have been even better if we got a, a box of it, but Hey, we can, <laughs> maybe next time you're in Florida, you can, you yeah, can I'll, hunt some down. Um, bring some back. Yeah. Yeah. He, he mentioned that he, uh, he used to listen to, uh, uh, watching sports and sports and watches the, the wasp part of the podcast when, when I used to be with Rob. And then he said, it kept me going through the pandemic, which I'm, I'm very happy that I was able, or we were able to, to, um, yeah, ease those days and, and those months for you, John. So. So big up. And uh, also he mentions that he was wearing his Psycho 5 GMT SSK005 on the day, I think, when he spotted the cigars. It's a pretty cool watch. It was a cool watch. Yeah. So uh, it's always nice to get emails like that and like emails that I got. And I forwarded that one to you. And this is um, uh, actually not from, from Florida or from the Midwest. It's from Finland, of all places, mm. from a, a gentleman named... Mika Hakkinen. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. As the only Finnish person you know. And uh no, Kimi Kimi Raik, yeah, and Santa Anybody Claus. With an N E N in the back. It's gotta be finished. Right? And what was the other guy? There was another one, uh, uh the blonde one. Well, all of them are blonde, right? But uh uh another Formula One driver, you know who I mean. Yes. And I think he also went to uh, drive rally cars now. Yes. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you think about it, and until uh, then, I'll I'll tell you that a gentleman named Saku, um, who emailed us, and he also gave us um, some feedback on the on the podcast. Obviously, he he told us how much he enjoys it, so we're very happy about that. But not only that, he also asked uh, a few questions, and um, maybe one of the questions we'll leave for for another episode. But okay. the other one, or we see how much time we have, but the second question he asked um, was quite interesting. And he said, it's a time uh, time after vintage-inspired watch boom. And he says, in 2010s, the 2010s were a time of vintage-inspired watches. Or is Diver 65, Tudor Black Bay, Squale 1521, etc. What is the next boom? And what will happen to these vintage-inspired watches? Will they remain in the manufacturer's collection as they are? Will they stop making them, or should the manufacturers make uh, make more modern versions of them? For example, will we see at some point a Black Bay 58 black with a ceramic bezel insert without the gilded things, non-riveted bracelet, etc.? It's a pretty interesting question. Yeah, so in essence, I think he's... Uh, by, by the way, thanks for the email, and... I think he's kind of asking: Is the is the retro boom finally going to die down? Is that is that the way to yeah. kind of look at it in a short form? I guess I guess yes. And if not, 
do we think that these retro designs will be quasi recycled using modern materials and things like that mm. or or upgraded so to speak well I, i mean i think to some degree some of that's happened right yes like, that's what cooter makes a ceramic black bay and you've Doxa. got uh Doxa making the ceramic sub ratto with all kinds of captain cook stuff going on so uh, hmm I kind of wish that the retro boom were coming to an end. Um, How you do? Well, I, I say this. No, I, I, not completely. I think I wish it more from big brands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't wish it from these revival brands like Volcane or Doxo or uh, whatever Rick Murray is doing with Aquastar and Synchron and Uh, this to me, I think is, is totally acceptable because I feel like, um, let me try to make, make this, uh, this tort type of comparison, right? So think of a, like a classic rock band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they tour for the first time in a long time. You don't really want to hear them play new music. Do you? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. You know? So like, that's kind of the way I think about some of these revived brands, but the ones that have been a going concern and are very popular, I think I'm really now looking forward to what they come out with new. It's why I think I, I told you, I'd love to see like a brand new Speedmaster type design, but, um, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I think, you know, we had those discussions about the, uh, Or, we've, or I've had discussions elsewhere about the uh, Apple Watch, yeah? And I almost feel like the the watch industry has just taken the, taken the view that they've got to make stuff that looks really like a, an old watch or something to compete with it because they can't compete with something crazy modern. Okay. I, I, and, and that's, I know that's like a really... <laughs> um, black or white take, but I, I don't know. I, I, I question like new watch design from big brands. It's, you just don't see it that much do you. No, not really. I mean, I think that, I mean, there are brands like Longin, right? Which they almost exclusively only do heritage watches these days. Yep. And if you think of Zenith, they do a lot of heritage, but they also do a lot of modern, but, when I look at their new heritage models and their new new models, I would much rather have the or buy the heritage models. Uh, but that 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 could be because you know, I guess both of us are are into vintage <clears throat> chronographs and otherwise. Um, but for smaller brands, for micro brands like the Nevadas and the Excelsior Parks and you know that kind of stuff, it works. So I think this this vintage inspired watch boom is not done yet. Uh, in a way, at least not for, for for micro brands. And if you Baltic, if you think of Baltic, yeah, it's a, it's a new brand, but the design is very vintage. Inspired all my other favorite Fulan Mari. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. There's nothing modern about it other than the quartz movement inside it. Um, not, not in the looks. So I think it'll be this year will be interesting because. Like we've talked about, things are slower. People are going to be more careful with their money. And I'll be kind of anxious to see how mm. some of these retro releases, especially if they're limited, 
fair? Uh, do, you know, do we are we going to see the same appetite for them? And I'm not saying that if something modern came out that it would, you know, if if we'd really be able to test and, and see if it fares better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when, when when you think of modern design, it really has to be a very edgy design because mm-hmm. there's like no in between, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a uh, I don't know, like a yeah, maybe not. Woodwork is not a good example because it's obviously a very expensive piece, but you know, it has to be something something. Uh, um, Seven Friday. Yeah, but yeah, so somewhere in between Seven Friday and and Orvac. Uh mm. um, but maybe the um, maybe the Mad One, the, the MBNF Mad One, is a good example because it was an, a relatively affordable watch. I think it's like two K or something, but it had this revolutionary design. Um, Let's see, I. I don't think, do you think for a watch to be modern, it's got to be like really space agey and... No, 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 yeah. absolutely not. But but then, so for example, I, I think um, the Ming is a perfect example. Yes. Because it is modern. Not retro. Not yeah. retro at all. No, not retro at all. Not, not crazy weird. space agey modern. It's just modern enough to be... Yeah, in its own category. So if we think about the Ming, which is like 2K, 5, okay, now 10 or whatever with the, with the complicated movements, but tell me another brand that's in the same realm as the as the Ming. Yeah, I, I struggle. Um, yeah, not, I'm, I'm sure there are, but like that, nothing comes to mind. But No. Um, and it's funny because... To be very fair with you, I'm not necessarily sure that's the kind of watch that on first glance I'd be drawn to. The, but uh, The Ming, you mean? Yeah, but, no. you know, getting to handle one and then yeah. um, looking at it more closely. And I'd say that I'm not drawn to it on first glance because my eyes are so trained to looking yeah. for retro watches. But it's probably you, uh, maybe that, or maybe the fact that you, because you, you know, you, you mess with vintage watches most of the time, like I do. But I'm I'm thinking about the Grand Cycle that I that I bought right mm-hmm. the SBGA. Do I like it because it reminds me of the vintage Grand Cycles? I, I don't think so because yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, because it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or do I like it because it's just like a nicely done big chunk of steel, beautiful blue dial, uh, and I and I appreciate the craftsmanship behind it because I have seen, you know, what I've seen in Japan and and the museum and things like that. It's more that than the design when it comes to that, for example. Yeah. They do a pretty good job of, of fusing in some, you know, history with their watches uh, while still making them modern. Um, mm. It's it's kind of a lot like Rolex does, honestly. There's no retro in Rolex, is there? Yeah. And mind you, I think the SBGA is in the heritage collection. So it, it takes inspiration from the vintage yeah. Uh, models but it's really not it, it i mean i only have one but even the ones that i, I can pick a co- i think they also have like a historic or like a historical whatever line uh grand cycle right uh yeah but they yeah. look they look like almost one-to-one copies but these ones not really uh and the same with rolex yeah i mean if you look at a well look at a look at the explorer the 36 millimeter explorer uh, mm-hmm. the new one right is it like a like a vintage inspired watch because if you look at the, the the very early references and then compare it to this one, yeah, there's not much difference there. 
No, um, but yet the current one doesn't look retro somehow, right? It doesn't look like right. it's an old product. So they've managed to, to update their stuff well, keep it so, current. So what about the Speedy? See, I actually think with the latest uh, version, I think they did a really nice job of modernizing it, despite the fact they brought back some really retro yeah. cues, right? <laughs> exactly. The, most of the changes are actually vintage elements that they like stepped away from in the uh, late 70s, 80s, right? And then the logo and stuff, and now they came back to it. So you know what? Another brand came to mind, Unordain. Hmm. Because that's that's also a new brand, and they don't look vintage. Um, I thought about Nomos, but Nomos kind of obviously the DNA is Bauhaus, which is <laughs> that's not a new idea. But with Unordain, I think that's that, that, that's uh, very yeah. different than Mink, but it's also good, very original. Yeah, it's a good example. Now they use like a really classic touch of enamel, right? But they somehow yeah. make it modern, so it's not just like white dials, which is funny enough, probably the one I would have bought, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, but you're right. They are modern. Um, so there are good examples out there. You're you're correct. I think, but 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 we really struggle to find those. I mean, if we have to pick the top five, that's a struggle for whatever. Well, well not for whatever reason. For the simple fact that most watches, as we said, are like vintage inspired or or yeah. just just copies even today from from Rolex to Speedmaster to Omega to whatever of the big brands and then we always bring up Tudor and I think the first thought is that mm. when you think about what they're going to do next year you immediately jump to probably some retro based release although I think we've talked about it there's they're kind of running out of back catalog aren't they mhm yeah so yeah, but well, they have the Pelagos, which is which is, I think it's a well. We both agreed on it that it's a super cool watch, and that's not a not a vintage design. Now, again, if we come back to to the the, the design basics, a steel watch or a titanium watch doesn't matter with the black bezel, blah blah blah. You know, people say like every every diver with the black bezel is a Rolex copy. No, not really, but no, I think that was a good modern yeah a modern release now. Funny enough, the the watch that gets like a lot of cult love <laughs> is the you remember the the departed North Flag, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Which I have to tell you, I just don't like that dial. I, I never liked it. I don't, you know, it, it just was a lot going on. But hmm. the case is funny enough, not that different from your oyster quartz, right? It's more like a integrated yeah. type case, right? Yeah, you're right. This, is that the one, remember, uh, maybe we talked about this back then, that was uh, in this big, uh, frozen in the middle of this big ice? No, uh, that was the blue Pelagos. Remember we saw that at Salon QP? It? Yeah, but was it the Pelagos? I think so. I thought, thought blue it's the one. Flag. Yeah, well, anyways, that was, a, that was a fun display. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we also have the, the, the micro brands. Mm. And, and there are many micro brands, as we said, Bread and butter is well the, the the fact that they're just reproducing vintage watches to the fact that when in you know when Nevada even used vintage movements, so they look as close to the original as possible, mm-hmm. not only looks but also in the movement. 
All right, here's a here's another watch uh, brand that I think does pretty good. I think they do a pretty good modern aesthetic, and mm. and that's uh, Zen. Yeah, yeah, very tactical. Okay, yeah. so you could argue that all right, that type of design's been around for you know Porsche design and others yeah. that did similar stuff, but uh, but Zen has a has mm. has a vast catalog of watches. I mean, the 103 is, yes, it's vintage-inspired, right? Or, or yeah. very classy. But 44 as well from the 70s. Yeah, but then they also have crazy pieces that absolutely don't look vintage at all. Yeah, and I think the U1, for example, yeah. that's a that's like a that's their design, which is good. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because a good one. So I I don't know. I I think. I mean, bottom line is I think the retro stuff, for good or for bad, um, especially from big brands, is is here to stay. Especially because, like, if you look at the Swatch Group, for example, a lot of those watches from brands like Rado, Mito, Hamilton, I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, it's not yesterday that they got back into this kind of game, but it, I don't feel like they've run their course yet with it, have they? It's not been that long. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot more color variations to come. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is, we're now in the seventies, right? The watch designs. Yeah. I'm wondering when we reach the eighties, which was obviously the, the 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 bottom of the barrel kind of thing in terms of design for the watch industry for obvious reasons. What are they gonna are they gonna redo the the I don't know the quartz Casios with the mechanical movements or what's next? You know, eighties. You saw my posting the other day um, when I was walking around. I posted a big uh, display of e-bells. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but they were, <laughs> even when they were cool, they weren't cool. <laughs> yeah, they were very, very big in America. You're right. But, um, well, you know, I that, mean, listen, if, if, if e-bells, if they, if they were good enough for Pat Riley, they're good enough for me, my friend. That's all I have to <laughs> say. <laughs> Well, funny, funny enough, my dad, who uh, lambasted my aunt about my uncle's oyster quartz, uh, used to rock an Abel quite uh, as as a daily. So there you, there go. you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, we could talk about that next time about eighties watches that need to return. So oh, and the ones that don't. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, funnily enough, uh, somebody just a, a colleague of mine. She's I don't know, like a, probably. Yeah, a good ten years younger than me or more. She, I don't know. She, she said something. We have this chat in the, you know, this uh, uh, the company, whatever it's called. And uh, and I and I sent her. Uh, uh, oh, she said. She said, "Oh boy," and then it reminded me of the song. Remember the song uh, Cameron and uh, the Diplomats? Oh boy, from two thousand. I don't know five, six, seven. And I and I oh, sent yeah. her the link, and she said, "What is this old school hip hop?" <laughs> That's not old school hip hop. That's my youth. <laughs> to me, old school hip hop was Tupac from like nineteen ninety two. Brenda's got a baby. You know, two, three, four, which was probably your youth, right? Now I'm, gonna, now I'm gonna look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but you know, she said, "What is this old school hip hop?" I'm like, "This is ten years ago." And I was like, "Wait a second, no, this is actually almost twenty years ago by now." Jesus. Yeah. yeah so. No, but it's. A, I I wonder when the eighties will make the return it it will happen and then i mean in fashion it did in fashion we're we're like what we're in the 90s by now yeah 
Yeah. But in watch fashion, because the watch industry is so slower, we're still in the 70s. So. Yeah. I so I I don't I don't see a change. I, I I just don't see it coming and you know, we've we're we're barely into 2023 here and let's think about it. We've had some Grand Seiko releases, right? Mhm. Okay, those are just more more dial colors. Um Yeah. We've had the Volcane, which is very clearly a retro release. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um you know what um, came out last year? And I don't did we talk about it? But that um, Yema, which is definitely a retro brand, and they came out with that in-house. Uh, yeah, right. No, we didn't talk about it, but I know which one you mean: the blue, the green, and the yeah, silver was the third and color. I, and I mean, you could kind of call that a a seventies inspired or influenced watch, but I don't think it's from their back catalog. Is it? I don't think so either. I, I, I know Nacho was there. He visited them and then, um, uh, because it was like, a, it came out on, on, uh, Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. Right. I thought it looked and, pretty cool actually. Yeah. That, that wasn't too bad. Right. Right. I, I but remember. they also had this, this, this vintage, like the oyster quartz, you know, this integrated bracelet. <laughs> I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. It, yeah. It no, it vintage. definitely does. It, it does. I mean, like I say, it was like very seventies inspired. I just don't mm. think it was like a direct, uh, reissue. Uh, yeah. But then it's still, again, this is something that, that is, it looks like a vintage watch. And obviously because they want to, that, that, that appeals to people. They think that, that, that kind of, Look, maybe I mean, look, look at the design of the forties versus the sixties, and then look at the the design of the sixties versus the eighties, right? Oh yeah, massive differences. Massive, yeah. Yeah, it's like Grun Curvex to yeah, um, kind of for me the classic age of watches to bubbly, yeah, goofy stuff, yeah, and. Well, I, I think, but like when we talk about that Yema and you mentioned, well, okay, it wasn't in their back catalog, but it's clearly inspired by a retro or a certain period. Mm-hmm. You know, then we get into the argument of, well, how much can you really do with a watch, right? That's so different. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, uh, what I wanted to say is, um, and while well, I've seen the pieces or I've seen the pictures of the of the watch, um there is this new brand called Argon Watches A R G O N okay and uh the I, noble, I the noble gas yeah we well I, I I don't I'm not sure if that's uh that's <laughs> what the name comes from but yeah definitely is it Argon or Aragon no Argon A R G O N watches on okay. Instagram and it's uh it's uh one of the uh, the founders is is Guillaume the guy uh behind uh, Nevada and uh and then the Excelsior Park in Vulcan. Shout out to him. He's a crazy guy. Um, and he sent me some pictures. And um, there isn't much on Instagram. Looks um, cool. But it's a very different, very modern, very revolutionary design. But you know what? It can it can be the, the craziest, you know, space age design. There's always going to be someone who says, oh, but that reminds me of that 70s watch. And guess what? You look the watch up and it does exactly. Uh, it looks like the inspiration. Maybe it's not, 
because everything is we talked about the design you know there's nothing new under the sun kind of thing so many crazy things and shapes and and colors and 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 um forms have been done in the 70s mostly right that you can always find um you can always find a design dna of a modern piece of a modern brand in uh something that comes from the 70s or probably 70s what you just sent me looks like what something from mbnf yeah or could yeah or Woolwerk or or yeah. but i'm but, but, kind but of the, excited to see it so but it's going to be a different price category yeah so is my guess that's but I mean, a, a cheaper price category than than Urwerk and MBNF. But but not but not fifteen hundred dollars, right? Yeah. I don't know how much I can I can I can say about that. So I I I would much rather not say anything. But uh, but I think it's a it's a it's a much more competitive price than than the Urwerks, which is not difficult because that's we're talking sixty grand, right? But could I afford it? Yes. Hmm. Okay, sounds interesting. Yeah, um, you know what I was also going to mention. Uh, probably one of my favorite watches out today, mm-hmm. and I guess it also has some some retro touches. But I don't I don't think of it that way. Is the the Moser the Streamliner? Oh yeah, yeah. I still want that watch. But but see, that's that's exactly the what I was talking about. Because because if you look at that watch, that looks. Super funky, super seventies, and maybe not because of the integrated bracelet. Maybe not because of the case shape. Yeah, but it you know it's got a lot of e bell in the bracelet, right? Yes, yes, and certainly the the general case shape is nothing revolutionary. But obviously, when you blend with color and do things like that, it it, it can be a unique or or original watch and yeah i mean they took the the streamliner right the the train mm-hmm. as the inspiration which is it's that 70s 60s i'm not no oh, that, that was like 50s. Uh, 20s, 20s oh, 30s that, yeah is yeah, it that yeah. old was yeah, it yeah. steam trains back then uh streamliner era. could be 50s maybe uh, 50s yeah 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 um 50s yeah because there were um cars that um, were of of the same, yeah, thirties to fifties. The fifties, yeah, like a Art Deco, post Art Deco, and then right. Yeah, yeah, it's like the is it the 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 the, the, the not RV those uh, st- um, how you call them? Um, it's called the streamliner, right? Not the train, but those those. Um, well, there, was, ah. there were Chrysler streamliners, if I'm not mistaken. But you know what I'm talking about? The stuff that people convert into like like food oh, trucks and stuff. Oh, no, you're thinking of um, Airstreams. The Air, ah, Airstream, sorry. Airstream, no, but that, yeah, Airstream, right. But that, that reminded me of the streamliner. Yeah. I guess it's the same, yeah, same design era, kind of. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it turned out to be a quite interesting topic, right, after all. Yeah the end of the day so what are you gonna uh i guess you're 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 gonna go look for a retro watch now no no i'm 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 I'm, I'm good to go i'm good to go no i just had one i just talked about my my damn retro watch late 70s 
gold big chunk of steel with a ticking hand. Well, and prior to the show, and we can't say any more about it, but I've got a retro piece coming in hopefully tomorrow for review. And mm. so, yeah, the, the, the train keeps on rolling, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so any last notes we wanted to mention? I think, um, I still, we still have some, some, uh, uh, ammo in the chamber for next time because we haven't um, mentioned all the questions so maybe we can come back to that next next time i have some some interesting topics but um that was very cool of, of saku to 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 send the uh, send this email and these questions and it as i said it turned out to be quite an interesting uh, and long chat about about the the vintage inspired watch boom so Man, thanks again you're gonna make me wish i bought that oyster quartz well, you can always buy mine. I'm having thoughts about it. <laughs> I'll leave you with your thoughts then. Hey, by the way, one last thing I should tell you. Yeah. So I succumbed to, um, well, when I visited uh, Mr. Wind, there was a mm-hmm. certain watch that I was looking for or looking at on his site. And when I visited asked if I could see the watch and he, he brought it out and I'm trying it on and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, unfortunately I went on hold <laughs> the night before. And I said, Oh really? And, um, I just said, well, if the buyer backs out or you guys can't agree on a final price, let me know. And, and he did. Yeah, sure enough. Like a, a week or so later. So it was like the week after I got back, he, he messages me and I um I think I'll pick the watch up when I'm next in the US and I I said, "Hey, I can't recall with that bracelet if I need to bring like a little screwdriver to bend the links out or if I can use a um <laughs> if I can use like a, you know, like a just something to push the the or if it was screws or what it was." And he goes, "Oh, you should be fine." He said the watch was owned by a lady before. <laughs> <laughs> it should fit your wrist. <laughs> nice. I thought, oh, a low-key punch. Oh, man. Eric Wind with the uh, <laughs> below the belt, man. <laughs> and then and then comes the, the classic, ha, ha. How <laughs> about to Eric Wind? Uh, it's it's been a like while that. since I've seen him. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, that's, that's my final uh, parting note there. So... <laughs> With that, Balash, Mike is out. Balash is out. <laughs>